guys. Welcome back to the podcast, The Business Side of the Pet Industries, uh, with Dr. Molly. And Todd Rowland. And we are excited today to bring you episode two on boundaries. And this is going to be a first of a two-part series. But before that, uh, Todd wants to... I want to give a shout out to our team member, Ethan Parson. He got a honorable mention at his first creative grooming competition in New Jersey. Yeah, way to go, Ethan. Um, he is someone you guys need to be on the lookout for. And you can actually follow his Instagram handle at Groomer, And he will be posting all of his pictures, all of his success. He just got a grooming sponsorship with Precision Sharp Shears. So um, some big things coming for him. And he's definitely someone to keep an eye out in all the upcoming um, season and then competitions and this to see what he can bring to the table for the grooming industry. And then uh, what else have we been up to, Todd? Well, we just got back from a 2,400-mile trip picking up our new-to-us grooming van from San Francisco. And for you guys that don't know, we're located out of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. So it was a hike. And for those of you who have been in one of those big grooming vans, you know that it is not the most comfortable for, well, three three to four day trip uh, that you can have. <laughs> so going into the boundaries side of things, um, the first part, we're going to talk more about boundaries for yourself, for your work life, um, with your customers. And then the second part, we'll go into a little more of the boundaries with your team, with your boss, with your um, employees, and things like that. Just so there's kind of, we hit all spectrums of where you should set boundaries, how you should set boundaries. And we'll touch a little bit too, like boundaries and budgets. Like when you have a new project or an expansion, like you have to have a boundary somewhere. Like what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? What are you willing to spend? Um, and just all that plays into having a successful business, ha- enjoying what you're doing, not getting burnt out. Um, and a big thing that uh, I think distinguishes us a little bit, not that we don't love our customers, but the customer is not always right. And if you can understand that from the very beginning or make that change as soon as possible, things are just going to go a lot smoother in your business. So... I think one thing as a business owner is you have to not be scared of a bad review. You you should have a good enough good reviews that one crazy client going off about something, people will be able to read between the lines and say, okay, well, they have 100 excellent reviews and they have one off-the-wall review. I mean, when you read reviews for hotels or restaurants and, you know, they have a 4.9 and you, you say that read the one bad review, you don't. You know, you don't just go off that one bad review if they have a 99 positive review. So do not be in a position that you are scared to get a bad review. Uh, The client is not a good fit for your business. They're not a good fit for your business. Exactly. And another thing with uh, bad reviews is make sure to address them and address them courteously and professionally and cut up. Potential customers, current customers, other business owners, they're going to look at those. So they're not only going to read like what the bad review is, they're going to read your response to that. So you don't have to agree with what the person wrote, um, but you do want to address it and maybe explain the facts. Or if you were in the wrong, go ahead and apologize and, you know, thank them for giving you the opportunity and, you know, bringing their problem to your attention or give yourself a chance to defend yourself if they are just completely in the wrong or uh, 
making things a different than how they actually happened. And you you can do that professionally and you can do that publicly without sounding like I'm always right and the customer is wrong. And I would say, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking about opening a business, before you ever even purchase your first van or sign a lease on some commercial space to open a salon, have your boundaries set. Don't book your first client until you have your boundaries set. And I know sometimes when people are first getting started out, they want to book every appointment they can because, you know, you're starving. You just spent all this money. You're trying to recruit some of it. You need to pay your personal bills plus your company bills. But you need to have those boundaries set from day one. If not, owning a business will turn into a nightmare um, for you. You will. It'll be a, you know, you see these memes. It's like, you know, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week is what self-employed is about. And, you know, there are seasons and owning a business that it is that way. But you need to start off from day one with boundaries. And, you know, you need to have that one day off a week where you're not going to respond. I mean, you may have two days off that you're not grooming. or, But, you know, one day a week you need to have completely away from the business. Yeah, that is so important to where you can recharge, reboot, focus on your goals and your plans or just have some fun. Maybe mark something else off your to-do list that's not business-related But, like, as far as those kind of boundaries from the day one when you open, you need to know who you want your customers to be, what your weight limits will be, what your pricing will be, what your operating hours will be, what forms you require, what vaccines you require, and what kind of payments you take. Like, all that needs to be set. So when someone calls you, you can just give them that information, and that's your policy. Those are your policy and procedures. That's how you operate. That's how you run. And don't deviate from that. One thing uh, we offer in our mobiles an all-exclusive package. You either take a bath package or a haircut de-shed package. And that's the only two packages we offer in our mobiles. And people will say, well, what if I give my dog a bath before you take him? What will the price be? Well, it doesn't matter if you give him a bath. We're all-inclusive. These are the services that you get, and we're not deviating from these prices. Um And it's just important to go ahead and set all that up in the beginning to build confidence for yourself. I think one thing, too, is some of you guys that are listening already have your business. It might be going on two years, and, you know, you're still responding to Facebook messages at 930 at night. You know, set some boundaries. Post your hours of operation on your social media pages, your websites. You know, start letting customers know when you're at their house or or they're coming into your salon, hey, we're no longer responding to messages after 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. One of our uh, salons, the voicemail states, you know, because we're fully booked every day, you know, you've reached, you know, our company on today's date. We are fully booked and we will return all calls at the end of the business day. If you need to reach us faster, you can send a text message. But again, we're responding to all messages at the end of the business day. Because if you don't, you'll get a bad review where it says they didn't return my call and I called three times today. But yet they called at 9, 9.15 and 9.30 while you were checking in two dogs and then getting them in the bathtub. And if you don't have a front desk receptionist or even if you do and they're checking in a dog and couldn't answer the phone... Like that, just having those kind of details and the boundaries set in things like your voicemails or your instant uh, replies, then. um, Yeah, you'll just get, it'll be nonstop for you. Yeah. So some more boundaries um, that we just want to touch on as far as things you need to have and set from the beginning are 
the, what forms you're going to have. Like, you need to know, like, okay, I'm going to have a general liability form. I'm going to have a matted pet form. I'm going to have a flea and tick form. Like, whatever you choose to have, go ahead and have those set up and make sure they will cover you in the event of liability. And I'm not saying, like, if you cut a dog, you know, you're not going to cover the cost or whatever. But these are more for things like, especially if someone has a very aggressive dog that, let's just say, happens to bite you. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, do you have the correct coverage? Do you have workers' compensation if you have team members? Like, do you have those kind of things and systems in place? Because what? otherwise, it's just everyone panics. Like, and same with... Like, okay, so your dog has a hematoma on its ear, but, you know, it had four <laughs> inches of matting. I had to use a, you know, a 10 on most of the ear, but a 30 on some parts just to get the mat released. And, you know, he shook his head and the happy hoodie came off. And, you know, if you have all that outlined in your matting fee that they signed that day, then, I mean, obviously that expense is going to be on them. That's a neglect situation. Like, so. Yeah, and have it part of your policy when if you have a mad at dog that you charge extra it's art you've already told them you know let them know hey your dog is severely mad at it's going to take me x amount of time and there will be this x additional fee do not feel like you can't do that yeah charge your worth um so many groomers and pet professionals in general in any of the industries right now are getting burnt out and it's just customers are more demanding there seems to be more pets, more people have moved into the working from home sector sector, or a kind of somewhat of a hybrid schedule where they just have more time to spend with pets, so they've gotten more pets. And then with that comes all the extra pet services that people are getting burnt out on and leaving these industries, and then, which is just a vicious cycle. It's like more pets, more demands, less pet professionals, more pets, more demands, less pet professionals, and that's just something that we got to work on as a whole cumulative various pet industries on making our working conditions, our customer conditions, our support systems set so that we can improve that and uh, improve those statistics, have job, uh, higher job satisfaction, things like that. And in my opinion, all that starts with the boundaries you set. So Molly, how would you handle... Uh, you know, you're at a client's house. They usually have two dogs. You are done with the first one. You take it back in. You're getting the second one. And they're, grand, they're keeping their granddaughter's dog because they're on spring break and they want you to do it too. But, yeah, they didn't ask. You know, you're fully booked that day. How are you handling that? Yeah, as far as what I would do, I would just say, I'm sorry. Like, we can get you in on our next available. Or, like, our team members have a little bit of flexibility in their day. Like if they feel that they can get that dog done in a reasonable amount of time and still make it to their next appointments without getting too far behind schedule, that's a call they can make um, just because they're there. But typically, like we have no problem saying no. Like, I'm sorry, like we only had you down for two dogs. Had we known you had a third, we could have, you know, worked that in or moved our schedule, came earlier, things like that, set up two groomers to be here instead of just one. So, again, like, don't feel and don't make your team feel like they have to say yes. Okay, so we have, a you know, people have been working at home for two or three years now. People are also at this time getting called back to the office. We're getting a lot of incoming messages. Hey, uh, y'all have always been able to come whenever since I've had this pup because I've been working from home since COVID. We're getting called back to the office, so I can't be at home before 530, and I need to move all my appointments to that time. 
Yeah, that's an easy one, um, at least for us. We offer, as we market it, as a free convenient service um, to customers for our not-at-home or some people know it as latchkey services. And that's just where we can come in, groom the pet, and put them back, and then either they leave payment or we charge the card we have on file. We don't um, – every customer now has to have a card on file, sign our agreement, sign our cancellation policy – And so it's really not an issue. And then for customers who forget or don't know about that, we remind them. We send out – we just send out like every six-month flyer saying, hey, just a reminder, we do the not-at-home services. Um, We know your schedules change and ours change too. And so just, you know, be aware that we offer this if something comes up so you don't have to cancel. I know we've had some business owners ask, well, how do you trust your employees going into people's homes when they're not there? Well, my response is that we wouldn't have the team member on our team if we didn't trust them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're trusting your team members to represent your business, represent your name, um, not to mention drive your equipment or work with your equipment or deal with the dogs on a regular basis, deal with pets, deal with customers. Like, if they're not someone that you can trust to do all that stuff— then you shouldn't have them on your team. And that's just what we can relate to our customers. Like, you know, these people have been with us, they're fully vetted. Like, and, you know, we always say between 50 and 75% of our customers use this free convenient service. So once they hear that, they're usually a little more open to it and a little more relaxed. And we do try to keep our groomers with the same client so that they, you know, build a rapport with them. And then we're, we try our best not to send different groomers to people's houses. And that way the clients can build that rapport with our groomers. They get better tips that way. They build that trust so that it's not an issue. Yeah, exactly. And then that kind of goes along with um, what you expect from your customer as far as scheduling, how often they need to come in, those kind of services. Like set that up front, let them know. Yeah, we have a, you know, basically a pre-typed out message that when people inquire about our services, it gives very detailed information uh, from our two all-inclusive packages that we offer for our mobiles. That's the only packages that we offer. It tells them our service days, uh, which happen to be Monday through Friday, no weekends. It also incorporates our start time and our end time. And then it lets them know if they will be interested, we can send them an intake form. And then our intake form, you know, it makes it has them fill out all their information. It has our policies attached to it that they have to read and sign. But it lets them know up front before we even send them an intake form. These are our standard business practices. If you're interested in agreeing to our stuff, we will send you a new customer intake form. But, you know, we have people that automatically will text back and say, well, I just need this or I just need that. Or I'm only available on Saturdays. Do you not have a groomer on Saturday? Nope. And, you know, we are connected in our community. We'll refer them to someone who does offer Saturday appointments. There's more than enough business out there that you do not need to feel obligated to take, especially when you're starting, to take every single person that wants in. You do not want those clients that are going to haggle you. You want the clients, when you give them your quote, they say, when can we get in? Yeah, and they understand. They're looking for someone who's going to care and provide quality services to their their pets, their fur babies. And that's just, and every every business is not going to be ran the same. We market ourselves as a luxury uh, grooming, whether it's mobile or our salon. We do the all-inclusive packaging with the extra services. The only add-ons are uh, basically a 
flea service or a matting charge or if they want color or, you know, something fun or time-consuming. Everything else, like, is just on there. There's no a la carte, well, I want my dog's nails filed, not just trimmed. Like, well, we include everything that could be included in a package. But that's not for everyone. Like, and we're Monday through Friday. That's not for everyone. We actually had one of our salon team members that requested, hey, can I work Tuesday through Saturday because it fit better with his husband's his husband's work schedule. Like, so that's no problem. Like, not everybody's schedule and hours and packaging is going to be the same. So you, that's just the point, though, is you need to figure out what's going to work best for you, what's going to work best for your life and your business, and set those boundaries up around that. And. Molly, we're, we're, you know, a lot about what we're talking about is for people that are starting out. How do people that have already been in business for two or three years and they're getting burnt out and they're struggling, not they've built a very successful business, they're making good money, but they're overworked, they're, you know, no family time. When they are off, they're extremely tired or they're not they're not there present with their family because they're still responding to messages. And I mean, how do we help those people with boundaries? Because it is harder once you've already been established to then start setting the boundaries, but you still have to do it. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, I can say I'm guilty of that. When I started um, our first mobile back in 2014, I was so happy to have anybody call that I was taking appointments everywhere, um, you know, driving 45 minutes between appointments and sometimes two or three hour breaks. And I was, if someone needed a Sunday, okay, well, I'll come even though I didn't want to. And then, you know, fast forward two years and, you know, we've got our second unit and we just got married and there's just a lot more going on. And I didn't want to work, you know, be tied down to an obligation every weekend and trying to move those customers from a Saturday appointment to throughout the week was like pulling teeth. You know, I we lost more customers in that one transition than we've probably lost for the duration, you know, since 2014 total. And it was just because... I had set up that precedent at the beginning of, hey, like, sure, we'll come whenever, I'll do whatever. But it, I didn't lose enough to hurt. You know, it's just we don't often, if you run a, your business well, you're not going to lose customers often. If you're a talented pet professional, if you have common courtesy, if you have decent customer service skills, you know, people are going to want to build that bond with you. And that means sometimes – they'll know they need to be accommodating to your needs. I think one reason, you know, before we started adding staff, we, you know, set some good boundaries. And I think that's one reason that we're able to, number one, retain our team members for such a long period of time where there's a lot of people have higher turnover. But we're also able to recruit people because our team members talk about how they like working for us because of X, Y, and Z. It's not necessarily so much me and you all the time. It's it's the policies and the procedures that we have in place that they find very attractive to work for us. Yeah, exactly. They don't, um, you know, hopefully they like us as, as people. But, you know, if they're coming from more of a toxic environment or somewhere where they're overworked, like, so just some of our boundaries we set are unless it's, um, you know, all at the same family and you just, you know, three doodles in a day or something, you know, we try to limit two large dogs a day. Like I said, we, we limit their start and end times. You know, there's plenty of drive time between appointments. If they need to stop and get gas, use the restroom, want to grab lunch, um, you know, they know that they don't have to work nights or weekends or holidays. We give them PTO, like we give them unpaid time. 
there's just those kind of boundaries, like knowing that they have the choice to not do a customer again or not do a dog again. Like those are the kind of boundaries that, you know, your team will thank you for also. Yeah, and like I said, you you cannot run your business in the fear of people giving you bad reviews. If you do run in that fear, yes, you can be successful and yes, you can still prosper and everything, but you are going to constantly have anxiety about this, that, and the other, or what are they going to say? Again, build your business where you have a hundred good reviews to one crazy review. Yeah, exactly. Um, and let's see, some more boundaries with customers. Like, So we've talked about the time, the pets, how you know they've talked to you or not talked to you. One example of that would be here recently, we had one of our salon customers came in and wanted a, he was already, something had him upset, not the grooming. He hadn't just paid, hadn't even seen his dog yet and wanted a receipt. And we use a system that does email receipts. And so he wanted a printed receipt, which we don't offer, but we do have a handwritten receipt book. So our team member was looking for that and he was just very impatient, called him an idiot, asked him if he didn't know how to write. And so luckily we were eight, we, we keep cameras and up front at the reception desk, we have audio as well. So we can actually hear if there's one of these customer altercations and actually hear and see what happened and not have a he said, she said type situation. And so we were able to reach out to that customer and just say, hey, like, I'm sorry, like we reviewed our camera footage. Like it's not, you know, we give respect, but we also demand that of our customers, especially towards our team members. And so without like a sincere apology and understanding that you cannot talk to our team this way, thank you for your past patronage, but I'm sorry, like we'll be unable to take care of your dog anymore. And so like, I'm sure they didn't like hearing that, but they understood. And like, there's no negative review, but even had we had one, you know, that's where you can go on and professionally explain like, you know, I'm sorry that you feel this way, but, you know, it's not acceptable to to call our team members names and, you know, yell at them and things like that. And then you can just put that in there professionally because people are going to look, again, they're going to look at how you respond to those negative reviews because if they have a complaint, are they going to, you don't want them scared to bring it up to you. And we're going to have a whole pricing series coming up, but I want to touch base on just yearly price increases. So, you know, you've had customers since 2014. We're on their second, sometimes third round of, of dogs. And, you know, each year we, we increase our prices. One of those customers says we can no longer afford it. You know, you do not have to say, you know, because they've been your customer on day one, you don't have to, you know, set your boundary that, you know, maybe you'll have three customers you give discounts to or something like that. But you don't have to do that for everybody. It doesn't matter that they have been with you from day one. You know, you may have always liked a certain designer and always bought their clothes, but at a certain point, it may not be, you know, a good fit for you anymore. And so you may just not be a good fit for that customer anymore. Yeah, and when that happens, that's a way you can just easily say, you know, we're sorry to see you go. We completely understand. Let us know if there's anything we can do, like share our grooming notes. And, you know, if you want to have the groomer, con your new groomer contact us. Best luck in, you know, finding a new groomer. I mean, we had a particular client um, this week that's been with us for years and years and years that is no longer going to use our services anymore because they have found a groomer that will do both of their dogs for $100, so $50 a piece and come to their house, where our cheapest grooming package is 
is 108 each dog. So she's at 216. She's going to get them done for $100. Well, number one, whoever's coming to their house will not be in business very long, or they're not properly trained or don't have good equipment. I mean, you in our particular area, you couldn't afford to do that. Um, so and I don't know if they don't have equipment. Maybe they're doing a uh, at home, seriously at home, not pulling up in a trailer or a van. They're giving the dog a bath in their tub or something. But, you know, I just told the lady, you know, hey, we understand. If you want to get if things changed, you want to get back with us, you know, reach out and we'll get you back on this particular groomer schedule. However, what this person doesn't realize is that, you know, they actually have already been given a discount and that they're not paying our current new pricing because they had a hard time with our last increase. If they come back, I mean, they're going to get quoted what our current prices are, and they won't get quoted at that discounted rate that we had offered them. Yeah, so, like, we do, like, our prices have gone up. We do do a yearly price increase, and sometimes it's a couple bucks. Sometimes it's 10 or $15. Like, it really just depends on the economy, the market, the value, you know, placed on what you're providing at that time in that area. And, you know, some of these customers that have been with us since 2014, they've got the the same yearly increases, but their starting price was a lot lower, even with the increases than what they are now. You know, we're talking eight and a half years. A lot's happened then uh, money-wise. So, you know, if they leave because they want to find a cheaper groomer or whatever and then want to come back, well, yeah, we'll gladly take you, but this is, you know, where our current pricing is. And, you know, we've had plenty come back and, you know, they'll try someone, they'll try two or three other people. And then they just realize they like what we provide, how we provide it, the groomers that we have. And they come back and they honestly, at this point, they don't care that the price is more. So a lot of times people are just looking for you to say, oh, well, that's okay. I won't increase it. But when you just say, you know, we, we understand, we appreciate you, everything you've done in the past, and, you know, welcome back anytime. They'll be half the time they're like, well, I'll just, just okay, that it'll, I'll make it work. Yeah. One, and one thing too is, uh, you know, we do not offer free grooms if, if they're unhappy. We will, you know, they need to let us know an X amount of time and we will come back and fix the groom, you know, of course, free of charge. But don't feel like you have to – people sometimes will say something just to get something free. I, not everybody. I mean, we do make mistakes. But do not feel obligated to give someone a free groom. But, again, that needs to be before you open your doors, this is your policy. And, I, you know, we update our policy yearly. Yeah. Our customers get a copy of our policy every year because we add and change and take away things that aren't working for us anymore and add things that we think are going to work for us. Yeah, exactly. That um – I'm happy or it's free guarantee like that just that sets your business up for failure because there's so many things that they could be unhappy about. And it could be the fact that you had to shave their matted dog or the fact that their last groomer uses a half inch clipper comb and you used a five eighths clipper comb. But you didn't know that. Like so that in itself is a boundary to set like, OK, like we have. OK, let us know within 48 hours if there's something about the cut you don't like and you can bring it in and, you know, we'll schedule time for you to bring them back or for us to come to you and fix it. Or if it's something like, oh, well, this, you know, I wanted it longer or I wanted it shorter and it's their first visit. You can just say, OK, well, that's awesome. Thank you for letting me know. I'll put all those notes in here. And so next time I will know to adjust it. Another thing, too, you can easily do is and we all get behind. We all get busy. Send pictures of the finished groom to the, the customer, whether they're picking up in your salon or you're fixing to take them back into their house. 
99% of the time, oh my gosh, so cute. Blah, blah. That will stop. It's hard after they said, so cute. He looks so handsome. I love it. I love it for them to come back a day later complaining about it. That will kind of eliminate some of that. And one reason that you need to set the a time boundary to that is you'll have someone and then four weeks later, they'll be like, I'm sorry, Fluffy's nails were not cut short enough last time and they're already long. Okay, well, it's been four weeks. I'm sorry. Like, if the nails weren't done, you should have let us know that four weeks ago. We would have gladly, you know, trimmed those for you. Next time, just be sure to let us know within, you know, 24 to 48 hours, and we can definitely take care of that for you free of charge. Or, like, if even if it's something that we mess up on or we have an accidental nick or scratch, because let's be honest, accidents do happen, and they'll always happen. But you can do your best to avoid them, but... Own the mistake. Don't hide it. Like, go ahead and set that. Like, that's a that's a personal, professional, like, boundary policy. Like, do ne- never hide something like that from a pet owner. Admit it. Say you're sorry. Apologize. Like, offer a discount or offer, um, you know, let us make it right. Or here is a little gift basket. Or send them, you know, a follow-up card, handwritten cards, check in on the dog, things like that. But if you're able to get the groom done and talk to the customer in a professional manner, then 99% of the times there's just no need to give a refund. No, and if you address it right off the bat, from what I've always seen is that they still want to pay. Oh, you were here. We know how Fluffy's so difficult. No, we're still going to pay you. I mean, a lot of times they will even tip more if you have an accident because they feel bad if you address it correctly. Obviously, you can't just send a dog in bleeding and hopefully they don't notice it. Yeah, that's going to get you a bad review. Yeah, or say, well, uh, Scooter was just terrible today and, you know, he just wouldn't act right, wouldn't behave, so I cut his paw. Like, that's not how that, that's not how you do that. You know, you say, hey, like, you know, we had Fluffy had a really stressful day today. And unfortunately, one of the times when he was pulling away before I could get the scissors back, I accidentally nicked his ear or his paw or whatever it may be. Like, you know, I, we've kept an eye on it. We have the bleeding down. Um, we just wanted to make sure you knew we were able to get the groom finished, but just keep an eye on it. If there's any issues at all, let us know. And one of your, you know, set that, like we talked about, um, you know, making those relationships in the community, make sure you have a vet that you have a good relationship with, because heaven forbid you do have an accident. Like in eight and a half years, we've had to take one dog to the vet and, you know, they were fine, but we weren't comfortable with them not seeing a vet. And so just offering that 99% of the times parents are going to come in, see the dog, see that they're okay. But just the fact that you apologized, you seem sincere, you offered the vet option, like, it. it's just, it goes from turning a potentially terrible situation and, like, bad press, bad whatever into, oh, my gosh, they really care, they handled this situation so well, like, I know that they're always going to let me know anything that comes up with Fluffy, like, you don't have to let a bad situation keep being negative, Yeah, and about setting boundaries, you know, if you have a a pet owner who does not take care of their pet and it takes you twice as long as it should because they're they're a horrible horrible mess every time, you know, fire them if you need to. Don't, again, do not feel bad about firing a customer. Yeah, just that's a simple like, I'm sorry, we've worked with Fluffy several times and he just doesn't seem like he is getting any better with our services or with our our team members. So we just don't 
feel that he's a good fit anymore. And, you know, again, we thank you and wish you luck at your search for a, a you know new pet provider and let us know if we can share our notes or anything to help you out. But I don't know. There's just a lot of boundaries. Of, it, you could go on and on about boundaries for, you know, 40,000 different topics, but you just really want to. Just always remember no is a complete sentence. Yeah, like you do not have to explain yourself to customers, explain yourself um, to anyone, really. Like, But you also want to keep in mind to be courteous and be respectful and, above all, be professional. But you don't want to go back and forth and argue and banter and cave in and all those things where if you don't have those boundaries set and how you want to do things and why and just know and have a game plan of how you're going to react to these situations— you're going to end up getting burnt out or frustrated or dreading going to work or dreading answering the phone. Like, don't set yourself up for that kind of failure. Yeah, and I recommend going ahead and having some pre-typed out responses, you know, that you can save in your notes to send to customers when something that like comes up or they complain or something like that. Like, Molly usually ends our, if she has to respond to, luckily we don't have many bad reviews, but if she does have to respond to one, you know, she will give our feedback in a very professional, and she'll end it, and this will be our last response to this. Yeah, so that way they know they can come back or they cannot come back, but, you know, they know and anyone reading that review will know, like, okay, like, they responded, but they're not going to do the childish banter back and forth. Like, that's immature, and nobody needs to see that on a professional level. But... Just boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. You can never have enough. And like Todd said, no is a complete sentence. And so that's pretty much wraps up this episode. Next week, we'll be talking about boundaries with your team members, whether they be employees or they're you're under work underneath you. Or like you work with them and they're just team members you work with. Like, what are you going to tolerate? Um, some things of how to approach your boss. You know, they're still team members and you still have to set boundaries. Like what you'll accept, what you won't accept. Um, same on the other side of that, if you own the business. Like what are your expectations and what will you accept and not accept on that front too? So thank you guys for joining. And again, check out our groomer. Eman Dietrich Groomer on Instagram, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. Yes, please.